Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 119 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, we have actress, mom, recovery advocate, and She is a new author. We have Brianne Davis, and she is here to talk all about love and sex addiction. Now, this is a new topic for me. I didn't actually know what love and sex addiction meant or what it even looked like. Most of the time, we're talking about substance addiction, like drugs, alcohol, the, the usual. And you can tell when those are, you know, overriding your life. But love and sex addiction are completely different. Now on this episode, Brianne walks us through what they are like, what they look like, and how to overcome them. Oh my lord, I am so excited to talk to the Brianne Davis. How are you? Good, I'm good. I'm (laughs) hanging in there great. I'm great. Hanging in there. (laughs) I love it. Well, I am so excited to talk to you. You're an actress, a mother, you're a recovery rock star, Mm. and now you are a new author. How does it feel? It feels surreal and weird and like, it's like a skin suit that you kind of want to crawl out of because you don't, you're like not comfortable in it yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. Like I really want to crawl out of my skin a little bit. I think that's completely natural. Okay, good. I feel like that is completely natural. Um, Yeah. When I wrote my book, I'm like, um, I just like put a whole bunch of words together. Like, don't get too excited. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like it, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just yeah. kind of like a recovering addict trying to help another addict. Like don't take, take, take it with a grain of salt. I yeah. would say that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I definitely want to get into your book, The Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. Like girl, that is a title and a half. No. I definitely want to get into that, but I want to back it up a little bit. And I personally have some questions because 
you know, typically on the podcast, I interview uh, women and people who deal with maybe substance abuse, like alcohol mm-hmm. and drugs, drug addiction, but I haven't really talked to anyone about sex and love addiction. And mm-hmm. I was hoping you could kind of shine some light on that and what it, what that looks like. Like what, because, you know, drug and alcohol, like, you know, when someone's, you know, down and out, it's yeah. lots of physical signs, right? Um, right. You know, falling apart, DUIs, uh, yeah, yada, yada, yada. But like, what does sex and love addiction look like? Can you shine some light on that? Like your personal experience? Yeah. I mean, I, I love to say, and this is just my opinion. So whoever's listening, take it, like I said, with a grain of salt, but mm-hmm. I love to say that sex and love addiction is just as deadly as alcohol and drug addiction mm-hmm. because we are addicted to people. Yeah. I use people like someone uses the bottle or a shot of heroin. And I, what I do and what I did in my life was use every single person to fill me, to get me high. Mm-hmm. And once that high wore off or you didn't give me what I needed, I would then move to the next person. So I was just disposing of people constantly. Mm-hmm. And you know, the bottom for a sex and love addict is really gnarly because society tells you like being in love, chasing after your soulmate, chasing after the white knight, chasing after the person that's going to fix you. Every movie, right? Every movie and song or anything you read is, is about that. It's like, we have all really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that it's like the end all be all that you have to find this person. That's your other half. And what I like to say is that is that is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Like to, to go and search for this person to complete you, like how messed up is that? Yeah. It's so the whole thing is, you know, hitting the bottom is you realize you have to almost let go of everybody in your life. And then re-enter people back into your life with these new boundaries. So, you know, with drugs and alcohol, it's so black and white. Just stop doing them. Right. Yeah. Don't pick up. Yeah. Just don't pick it up again. And for a sex and love addict, it's like, wait a minute. I have to cut everybody out of my life. I have to go through withdrawal myself, which is so painful, girl. Like my withdrawal from sex and love addiction was nine months. I cried every day for nine months. I didn't work for a year as an actor. I could not take a job. Um, yeah. Like I literally, I had the every day almost crawled on the floor, like crawling at the carpet because underneath using people and using sex and using the infatuation with falling in love that, I was so empty. I was so afraid of abandonment. I was so afraid of being in love. I was so afraid of intimacy. And then I had to go through the steps and then bring people back in my life. And it was torture. And I remember this one time at six, I was getting my six months chip in the program. And this guy that had a heroin addict or heroin addiction came in and he said, I could quit heroin, but I can't quit her. Mm. And that just really smacked me in the face. Like, this is no freaking joke. (laughs) So, yeah, it's intense. I have to tell you, we have a lot of people in the all the other programs because, you know, there's like 8 million 12-step programs. Yeah. (laughs) You can find it for everything. And we have so many people that have 30 years in AA, 20 years in NA. They come in and this is like the last house on the block. 
Well, they say AA is the last house in the block, but they they have a saying like slaws like the shack in the back you like don't want to go to. Like it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> shack in the back. Really? They say it's like the crappy shack in the back. You like just don't want to step in. Like you don't want to go. <laughs> so how did you even realize that this was an addiction? Like how did you like pinpoint what was going on with you? Like, what was my bottom? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I yeah, guess, my- like, how do you admit it, right? Like, I guess you have to kind of bottom out to really yeah. and take responsibility. Yeah, my bottom was, you know, it was, it was a blessing. Obviously, everybody's bottom, I think, is a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. I had this moment. I was with my boyfriend for a couple of years, and I really loved him as much as I could love anybody. Yeah. And I thought, you know, like, oh, I'm feeling good. Like, this is a great, solid you know, healthy relationship. And a mentor of mine died. And two days later, I found myself on location shooting a movie. And I was about to blow up my relationship. Once again, I was about to have a showmance is what they call it. I talk about it in the book, you know, a showmance where you go and like sleep with somebody on set. And then as soon as the movie or TV shows over, you guys like separate and it's done. Um, So I was about to have one of these. And this person that I started flirting and intriguing with, I didn't even like as a person. Like I was looking at him going, you're mean to waiters. Like, I don't even like you. What is the matter with me? And I remember sitting in my hotel room in the middle of nowhere going, am I going to be doing this the rest of my life? Am I going to be always searching for that high, that like butterflies? Because I thought, growing up that that is has to always be in a relationship whenever the butterflies went away it was like oh this is boring now I don't want to pay right like I don't want to pay the bills I don't want to pick up the dog shit like no thank you I would like to go and live the notebook or (laughs) Moulin Rouge like be a prostitute in you know Paris in the 1800s like I don't want to like see you sick yeah, like, what is this normalcy? Like, <laughs> what is this? I don't want to see you blow your nose and then go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. gross. <laughs> like, that's not exciting. I want secrets. I want dirty. I want like drama, forbidden, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always chasing that. And I remember in that hotel room, and I called my friend and I said, I'm going to do it again. I thought this stage of my life was over. Because for me, I was always intriguing, always flirting, like overlapping relationships, you know, not being truthful completely, keeping like a part of myself out one foot out the door. You know what I mean? Do you understand? Like, okay, good. I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of listening to this on a personal note, like I (laughs) have kind of done some things over Valentine's Day that I think would constitute as like uh love acting out a little acting out behavior oh like you have no idea like oh my god I want to hear it I want to tell you but I also like don't want this person to hear this because it's like like you say when you say the rush yeah drama and just trying to get like their attention or get like something like and it doesn't even matter if it's like they're mad at you or if it's like love anything or like anything any intensity you know that eu- euphoria like we as addicts are only yeah. interested in euphoria 
Yeah. Like that yeah. tension, like oh. I text back, are they going to respond to this? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I did something really brutal. Yeah. Oh my God. You're like dropping like a truth bomb and you're not releasing. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyway. you're like, she's cringing on the other side. She's like, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. And I'm, well, I'm here's like, the, well, here's the thing. Society says that's great. Right. Like, well, isn't we it listen. romance? Like, yeah. I, I thought I'm classifying this shit as romance, but this is like crazy toxic behavior. Yeah. So that's the thing. I was addicted to that. And I, yeah. I remember the moment, and I'll go back to my bottom, but I remember mm-hmm. the moment when I was six, seven years old and I watched Romeo and Juliet, the oh. movie from like the 1970s. Yes. And I saw Michael White's butt and it was like the most perfect butt I've ever seen. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that is the most perfect butt. And then at the end of the movie, one or both of them were willing to die for each other. One was going to drink poison. One was going to yes. stab themselves. And I was like, oh my God, that's what love is. A cute butt and someone's willing to die. Like you have to be willing to die for yeah. me or me for you. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But also like, <laughs> I absolutely want that. Intoxicating, right? <laughs> like yes. I want my partner to be willing to die for me and I will push the limit. I will push them to the edge to see how far I could take them mm. and see if they were going to abandon me or not. And most yes. of the time they didn't. And so what I would do if they didn't abandon me, I would then like think they were chumps or think like, oh, this is not fun anymore. I have power and control over you. So then I would find somebody else to like figure out if I had power and control over them. And it was all oh the time. God. Oh my God. She's cringing, oh guys. She's God. cringing. <laughs> Carry so, on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my bottom, I had that moment. I called my friend. She sent me to her therapist that she's been seeing. Okay. And I go to the therapist and she tells me two things. The first one really pissed me off. She said, you wear the mask of my other client that's a high-class prostitute call girl. And I was like, what are you talking about, lady? Like, I was like so offended, you know? And then she said, you're a sex and love addict. And I was like, what? I've never – and here's me. I've never had a one-night stand. Mm. I've never, I haven't had many sexual partners. And if you read the book, you will see how many I have. But it's like, I'm not one of those people, like, that's not my behaviors. That's other people's behaviors. And she said, no, like, you love falling in love. You use guys or partners to fill you. You discard them when you are done with them and all this stuff. And I just, and And if you're listening and there's these 40 questions and I talk about it in the book, but these 40 questions for sex and love addicts anonymous, it's a self-diagnosed test. You can go online right now, type in 40 self-diagnosed questions, sex and love addicts, and it will come up and there was questions and I have them in front of me so I could read some to you. So here, these are yes or no questions. So do you, do you get high from sex or romance and then crash? Yes. Okay. All right. Let me do. <laughs> do you find yourself unable to stop seeing a specific person, even though you know that seeing this person is destructive to you? Yes. <laughs> do you believe that someone can fix you? Um. No. Oh I, well, that's a yes for me. Okay. I. That's a yes for me. Someone needs to fix okay. me. <laughs> I think like I want to fix someone else. 
Oh, that's like very, that, that's also a, one of them. So let me read another one. Um, <laughs> oh, do, shit, I thought I was going oh, away with it. <laughs> no, no. Do you believe that sex or a relationship will make your life bearable? Yes. Okay, here's another. Well, I'll do one more. Okay. Have you had or do you have sex with someone you don't or didn't want to have sex with? Mm, no. I have. There are people. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So there's these yeah. three questions and my therapist made me answer them with her. And I went huh. down and checked the yeses. And I'm not going to yeah. tell you the number so you'll have to read the book. But let's okay. just say it was really high. It was a really, really high number. You did real good on this test. Yeah. Like I aced this freaking test. Okay. <laughs> so... They, she said, and they say in the program, if you get five or more yeses, this could be something you need to look at. And so I went to my first meeting that, oh, here's the part I missed out. Um, I got on the highway 101 in traffic in Los Angeles and I called my boyfriend who I was living with. And I said, I'm like hysterically bawling in the car. Mm -hmm. And I get home to our apartment and he highlights all the meetings I could go to. And I went to a meeting that night. I walked in. It was a fluorescent lit church basement. You know, those rooms. Oh, where yeah. Like, it's like the worst. Like, it feels like hell a little yeah. bit. Like hell on earth. Like the yeah. worst lighting you can imagine. Totally. And everybody in the room was so different from me. It was like 70 to – I was the youngest when I came in 11 mm. years ago. And everybody – there, it was like, didn't matter if you were A-list celebrity to the janitor, everybody was saying a part of my story. And I remember listening and I just started crying because for the first time in my life, I'm going to cry. I didn't feel like so alone or broken. Like I just felt like I was one of those people that couldn't completely commit to somebody, or I didn't have that monogamous gene in me completely. Like I never wanted to get married. I never wanted a kid. And I just didn't feel so alone for the first time. And that was that I stopped acting out and I'm 11 years sober in the program. And here's, here's the beautiful thing. And I like to say this, and it's very important for me to say is today I am with the man I was when I went, walked into that program. He is my husband. Yeah. We've been, we've been together 16 years. Um, I have a son. I have a kid. First of all, I was too selfish and self-seeking. And Mm -hmm. I have a toddler. And I never thought those were possible for me before I got help in this program. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you wouldn't know. Now that's a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's not the fairy tale people write about, you know? Yeah. So if you would have known me 11 years, like I am a completely different person. Yeah. Completely. Wow. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. 
That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Yeah. Damn. Damn. How, how did you, okay. Like, how did you, cause me and my, my friend, like my mm-hmm. best friend, we're always like, Oh, kids like, ew, I can't like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Like, what about me? Like, yeah. Care about me. If I have this, this kid hanging off of me for the rest of my life, <laughs> how did you like change your mindset around that? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to change people's mindset around having children. I'm just saying that like, you know, listening to your story, like I definitely, things definitely resonate with me and I definitely feel the same way like you felt. And like, I mean, in a perfect world, I think I would like to have kids, but right. how do you even change that mindset around that? See, that's what I didn't, I didn't even focus on that. Like mm. I told, I seriously never wanted a kid. Like it, yeah. every time I saw somebody on a plane with a kid on a park, yeah. I would be like, exhaust, like stop your kid from screaming. Like I just was one of those people. I never grew up picturing what my wedding would look like or yeah. Um, so what happened was after I got years in the program and I was working on myself and, you know, my husband and I hit a different level of intimacy, mm-hmm. my sister had her son and I remember holding him and going, I, this is a love I have never experienced with another human being. Like I love my nephew so much. And that just really opened my eyes to what was important for yeah. me. And I just kept thinking, if I ever have a kid, like that love will be amazing. And so we went through, we, my husband and I have done therapy. He's in a 12 step program. He's 32 years sober in AA. Like we both, oh dude, we're like, this is like (laughs) sobriety city house. Like we talk about a God, we talk about the acceptance from the big book. Like we are like the tip. Typical 12-step couple. It's crazy. That's so um, cute. It is. We literally pray together and like say the serenity prayer. But yeah, so he and I just have to say, I didn't believe in a God, also. God, yeah. no God. But I just we had this moment where I was like, I think I do want to try. And he was, he was willing, he wanted a kid, but then it wasn't a make or break for him. So yeah. 
we got pregnant. I was working on six, the show six in Wilmington. And I, I had a miscarriage. It was horrible. I had it on set. It was terrible. Yeah. And after we lost that baby, we both realized we were really ready. Like we really want this. So it took a while. Yeah. It was a definitely a test. Like, are you sure you want this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Like, congratulations. Thank you. Like you you and your relationship. So how can you give us some relationship tips? Like, how do you guys make it work for all these years? Like, how do you keep it spicy? How do you keep that? You know, of course, we're addicted to like the drama. Yeah, right. Not going. How do you and and your husband keep it interesting for you? We, I mean, we try, you know, we don't role play, but we kind of do, but then it's like, we try, well, he's very into intimacy. And I think that helps me. Like, I don't want to look in your eyes. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Oh my God. No. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. I know that. So he's going to be like, really, Brianne? I can't believe you just said that, but (laughs) it's true. Like, he's like, look at me, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) So I think it's like leaning into, for me, the uh, if I love you, I don't want to have sex with you. It's connecting sex mm. and love and intimacy because I thought sex was everything. And in the program, they teach you it's just a byproduct of a caring, committed relationship. So I think it was a lot of me switching my, you know, past false beliefs of what intimacy and sex looks like in a relationship. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. That makes a lot of inner work, girl. It's a lot of inner work. That makes a a lot of sense. And I I wanted to go back and ask you, you know, when we were talking in the beginning, you said you had to kind of um, cut everyone off and then Mm -hmm. almost like reintegrate them into your life. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? It was really hard 
because as a sex and love addict, you know, we get attached to people that are not Mm -hmm. healthy, even friendships. I realized I I used a lot of my girlfriends to film me, like call them and keep them trapped on the phone for 30 minutes talking about my problems. And then I'd hang up with one and she didn't make me feel better. So then I pick up the phone and call another one. And I just realized I was raping every single person in my life for their energy to make me feel better. And so if there was any drama with girlfriends, I would take a break from them. And usually if they were meant to go away, they'd slowly fade away. And then, you know, with my parents too, they weren't respecting my boundaries. And I had, they didn't, you know, you live in a, in a, um, a family, everybody plays their role and I wasn't going to play my role anymore. I was shaking mm. it up that family foundation yeah. So my father and I, you know, he was very emotionally incestuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and I didn't talk for a year because he would not respect my boundaries. And wow. now our relationship is really stable. Every relationship in my life is stable. There is no drama. I don't have any drama with any person at yeah. all. It's crazy. I would think that was so boring, but I got to tell yeah. you, it's the most, no, like I was like, what do you mean? I can't flirt and intrigue the rest of my life. What do you mean? I can't have fights with friends just yeah. to like create a high in me. And it was like, it is so freeing. I have to tell you, like it, I can't even describe to you how freeing it is not to have any drama in your life. Yeah. Oh, it's called peace. Yeah, it's called peace and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not boring. Uh, it's called peace. Peace of mind. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing some. Uh, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Okay. Hey, right. we have a seat for you. We have a yeah. seat saved. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Come on down. We got a seat waiting right for you. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Thanks for clearing that up because, okay. you know, sex and love addiction it, it's it's hard it's really confusing and like yeah. I think we can all agree that I was very confused and now can see the light um, <laughs> in 20 short minutes amazing um so tell me about this your book okay what is your book about Okay. So first of all, I have to say, I never wanted to write a book, right? I hit Mm -hmm. 10 years of recovery in the program. I wasn't ever going to be telling, you know, my co-stars or people I was a sex and love addict, you know? And my husband was like, Hey, you should take this writing course. And I was like, what are you talking about? I am a working actor. Like I am not interested in writing. Leave me alone. I'm dyslexic. I have ADHD. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I just kept ignoring him and he kept telling me about it like every week. And finally the sixth time I was like, dude, (laughs) like, fine, I'll take this class. And he's like, you don't have to tell anybody. It's not that much money. You can quit after a couple weeks. And I'm like, okay, fine. Leave me alone. So I, I, started this writing class and I wrote the book flew out of me in 45 days, like the first draft. What? It was like something bigger than me. And it was a memoir at the time. Like I just wrote all my shit down, like, just like get it out. And then the process of like rewriting, working with my editor, it just started organically becoming this other female character. Mm -hmm. And I was putting these dreams I was having and these like, 
my imagination and as a storyteller, because I'm a director and all this and like other people's experiences. Yeah. And I was sitting and like, who is this person I'm writing about? Because it's me, but then it's other people too. And the song, oh. I was listening to Pandora and the yeah. song Roxanne came on from the police. Oh, yes. Roxanne, you know, yeah. the red light Love song. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that is she's Roxanne. And anybody can be Roxanne. My mother, my your your cousin, your girlfriend, your anybody can be Roxanne. And she like somebody that uses people. Yeah. And I just wrote this story about. A, a Hollywood actress, you know, that's been working. She's like a C a C list actress and she is hitting her bottom in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, I use one of my bottoms and she like meets her maker and she goes through her first year of recovery in sex and love addicts anonymous in Hollywood while working as an actress. And she comes up with these 11 rule or 10 rules she lives by, which is like oh. the your own God, walk through the fire, let it burn. Mm-hmm. Um, to heal, you have to and move forward. You have to look back at the why. It's time to adult up, compare mm-hmm. and despair, compare and despair, stop questioning your worth. So she comes up with these like 10 rules and it's taking you through. Like, and the reason I wrote it and published it at the end was I remember when I first walked into the program and I started going online and reading these love addict books, sex addict books, mm-hmm. everything is so clinical. Everything yes. is so academic that I would read a page and I couldn't retain any of the information and I'd want to throw the book against the wall. Totally. So totally. I wanted to write something like you as an, a recovering addict or a normie or, you know, someone that doesn't understand sex and love addiction to be able to read it and be entertained by this amazing character, her story, but also get the education of the program. So it's like this self-help chick flick memoir hybrid mm. book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's like the best way to learn. Like yeah. layman's terms, like speak like a normal person would talk. Yeah. And she definitely talks like I, even my editors like, well, this is not grammarly correct how you're saying it, but it's how you speak. So it works. And I was like, okay, yeah. that works for me. Cause I'm not gr- grammatically correct person. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so, that's so cute. Yeah. I, I think that's like exactly what we need, like more experience kind of based, um, yeah. writing. Like I, I really feel like we heal through other people's stories. Cause we, we hear ourselves. Well, I gave it to a bunch of my slaw peeps because, yeah. you know, in certain programs, you're not supposed to really talk about your addiction The you know, right. Bills. But here's the thing, Bill and AA went and did conferences to get the word out about AA. Like we share our experience, strength, and hopes to help others, right? So yeah. I gave it to a bunch of my slaw peeps and a lot of them came back, especially they have like 15, 20 years came back and they said, it sounds like a really amazing long share. And I was like, that's exactly Ooh. what I wanted, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So that really made me happy because I was a little nervous giving, you know, giving it to the old timers, yeah. have older than me, they can be a little like, a little rigid, a little rigid. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is I'm an old timer now because I have 11 years and in our program, it's really hard to get time. It's yeah. really, really hard, especially females. We have females have a lot of trouble keeping their bottom line. 
it's really yeah. tough program. I'm not going to lie. How would you re like, how would you define a healthy relationship now? Now? Okay. I would yeah. say communication is number one. Okay. Uh, very, we communicate about everything and there's no secrets. There's no lies. There's no, you know, using each other. I have to tell you, like my husband doesn't film me. I don't use my husband to make me feel better. Yeah. You know, he doesn't fix me and neither does my son. Here's that. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like I'm not using my son to make mommy feel better. It's like yeah. that is not his job. To it's give like me there's my no work. conditions. Yeah, like that, exactly. Love. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think a healthy relationship is communication, trust, no drama. Mm-hmm. I, the first thing I tell when people walk into the rooms, if you're walking into the room, you're pretty much saying you have a problem. So you might as well surrender because nobody's walking in by choice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no one's and like, second, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? I'm just going to dabble in this <laughs> little. <laughs> but you know, I, and then, you know, I always say if there's drama in your life, it's usually a clear sign that something needs to be, you know, changed in you, not the person in you. Yeah. So there's no drama at all with my healthy relationship. He, and he brings out the best in me. That's Mm -hmm. another thing I said, if someone you're with doesn't bring out the best in you, they don't, that's another sign. So for me, a healthy relationships are who brings out the best in me. My friends bring out the best in me. My husband brings out the best in me. So yeah, that's how I would define it. Okay. So if you're not looking to other people to fill yourself, how do you do it? (laughs) Oh my God. You are so funny. Um, Here is the awesome thing. I go to more meetings today in my program than I did 11 years ago. I go to a meeting a day. Every morning I'm on a meeting. Yeah. I go to two at night. So I go to nine meetings a week. Wow. Yeah. And that is that because like you can just log in through Zoom? Like is it easier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also even before the pandemic, I was going to five meetings a week. I had like women's meetings I had, which before I didn't even trust women. So I'll just put that out there too. Like I was always in competition with women. I was always like wanting to one up another woman. Right. Um, Okay. And then, so I go to a lot of women's meetings when in person and I was going to five meetings a week. I sponsor four women right now all over the country, all over the world, actually. They're all spread out. Um, So cool. I meditate, which I hate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a great meditator, but I'm doing better. Mm -hmm. I pray every morning Mm -hmm. at night. I write three things down I'm grateful for. And I try to make it different every night. I've been doing that for like seven years. Wow. And I just literally, I live my life now. And this is going to make people like be like, but I live my life now to be of service. Like me and you having a conversation, I want to be of service. Me writing the book, it's about being of service to the voiceless. Me doing my podcast, it's about being of service. Me picking up a call for a friend, it's me being of service. Everything I do in my life is to be of service to somebody else. And 11 years ago, I was the most selfish, self-seeking, self-obsessed, narcissistic person I could ever imagine. Like I would spit on your grave kind of person. Like, so (laughs) this is like a huge change for me as a person. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Wow. So where can people find you, Brianne? 
Oh, fun. <laughs> well, where yeah. Where can we follow you? Where can um, Instagram at the Brianne Davis. Okay. And then you can go to at Secret Life Novel or at Secret Life Podcast on Instagram. And then I just joined TikTok. Woohoo. Oh, love TikTok. I, I feel like I'm That's like nice. so confused most of the time doing TikTok. <laughs> but for that, I'm the dot Brianne Davis. Okay. And, and then listen, if you need, if anybody listens to this and resonates and needs information, please just DM me. I can point you in the right direction. I can give you help or, you know, if you're struggling, I can help you is what I like to say. Great. You're the connector to resources. Yes. I'm the resource connector. That's my <laughs> official title. <laughs> Love it. And where can people find the book? Right now we're exclusively at Amazon. And then a couple months we're going worldwide. We just doing an exclusive with Amazon. So go on Amazon, okay. see Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. I know it's a long title, but you will find it really quickly if you just write <laughs> Secret Life, Sex and Love, you know? So yeah. Love it. <laughs> Brianne, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was such a fun conversation. I think we can tell by this conversation, I was a little taken aback. You know, finally realizing what love addiction is and how to recognize it. I definitely see some love addiction in my past and maybe a little in my present. As always, thank you so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Please make sure to follow A Sober Girl's Guide on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget about the blog. Head over to asobergirlsguide.com. We have you lock, stocked, and loaded. Tips, tricks, how-tos, the blog is fully stocked. We have Sober Girl merch. Make sure you get your Sober Girl crew neck sweaters now. Also, t-shirts, necklaces, you name it, we got it. Head over and check out our workbooks, downloads, and our 30-day booze-free challenge. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.